All right, so take your props and just set them to the side, lie down on your back. You can cover yourself up with a blanket. You need your legs free, but short of that. All right. So lie just knees bent, feet on the floor, hip distance apart. Rather than knocking your knees in, bring your knees to hip distance apart as well. And then you can bring your arms to whatever position you like. It doesn't matter to me whatsoever. Okay. So first things first is just to be on the mat. It's early in the morning. Fortunately, that helps with certain things. If it's not early, it can be a little more chaotic. But regardless, it's to become still enough to start to notice. And even if you can't become still, it's to notice that that's difficult. Okay. There's nothing right or wrong. You can't get like a prize from being still. You also don't lose anything from not being still. It's just to notice what is and to constantly work with that. So when we talk about things that are hard work or difficult, oftentimes the Western mind or the American mind or whatever you wanted to call it, puts a different label on that than is intended. So hard work can just be being still because your natural tendency is to move. Hard work can also be holding something. It can be not doing something that's offered. It depends. It's actually what makes your internal mental state the most uncomfortable. But that has to be established first. So it's be here, be still. Now pay attention to the breath. And it's not as if that is something magical that's going to shift everything internally. It's a focal point. So it's be still, watch the breath. The mind wants to complicate that. It wants to add all sorts of layers to the breath, or it's only in your mind's eye for a millisecond and then it's gone. So there are two choices for right now. It's breath and not breath. When it's not breath, you bring the attention back to breath. Now there's other sensations because it is cold. There's noise in here. There's all sorts of things going on around you. It will not be to use the breath to ignore them eventually, but for right now, you've got to get still, steady, focused on something. So just return over and over and over. So from this still point, with a little bit more steadiness on the breath, notice the physical sensations. And then all I want you to do is bring your legs to a table position. So stack your knees over your hips, parallel your shins with the floor. You can bring the legs together or not, it doesn't matter to me, but just bring them to what seems like a table position and then hold them. 
still with the breath. So it's not a, fair, a very complex position. There's very little risk of injury from being here. But if there was pain in the groin or the lower back, that would be reason to change this. Otherwise, this is just harder. Not fancier, not no pain, no gain, just more uncomfortable. The idea is to stay with the breath, but not as a place to ignore sensation, but to watch it steadily rise, shift, change. Watch as the mind demands that you fidget or move unnecessarily. And what becomes very, very, very fascinating is eventually it feels like if you have to hold the legs up in a super simple shape any longer, that the world will fall apart. But it won't, it's just holding your legs up. Be still, be with the breath. If there's a reason to come out, it would be pain. You have to be careful with that one. It can sneak up on you. From the steady point of the breath, pay attention to the sensations in the body. And then bring your feet back down to where you started. And pay attention to the sensation there. Intellectually, it's the same place you started. However, it's different sensations because what became the activity before this was harder, more uncomfortable, so this becomes temporary bliss. But just watch as that shifts and changes as well. From watching the breath, you watch sensation rise and fall. Difficult is not better than pleasure. Discomfort not better than ease. It's just different. It's impermanent, however. They change. From the steady point of the breath, bring your legs back up to that table position. Now there's a difference here with this being difficult and then being painful. Press your thighs away from you some, so that instead of the knees being stacked over the hips, the thighs are more at a 45 degree angle. And then hold. Now decide, does that hurt? Does the lower back feel pain? Does the groin feel pain? If so, go back to where you started. If not, straighten your knees so the legs are reaching at a 45 degree angle. Putting your hands under your, under your tush, not an option. Bring the legs up higher than that and bend the knees some so that it's not sitting in the lower back. Hold. Pain is to be avoided, not stepped around. Adjust this so that it's not painful, just hard work. You have to watch very closely. That's the whole point. Be steady with the breath, watch. 
When hard work changes to pain, stop. Stop before that. Even if the ego says, oh, I will be a failure if I don't do this. No prize for holding your legs up. It's just holding your legs up. That's all you'll get. When you can't hold them anymore, bring them back down to where you started. When you can't hold them anymore with wisdom, bring them back down to where you started. And whenever you arrive there, again, from the steady point of the breath, watch sensation. It's like, oh, thank God that's over. But even as you're here, this will rise and fall and change and shift. Nothing lasts forever. Not pleasure, not discomfort, but pain is to be avoided. So that's the rest of class. Can you make good decisions around that topic? Well, first you have to learn a whole bunch of stuff about yourself. So it's now to take your attention to where your spine sits in space. So stretch your legs out on the ground and just relax them when they get out there. Completely flop them. Good. Just pay attention to where the spine sits. Now you have your arms all in different places. So take the arms down to your sides, maybe a little wider than the shoulders, and turn your palms up, turn the eye of the elbow up. And return to the breath often. And now just notice lower back, upper back, neck, back of the head. So where do those sit in relation to the floor? Notice the points that are touching the floor, all stacked in the same plane. And then the lower back and the neck move away from the floor, even if the skin touches the ground. So notice that. Now hold it there. Bring your legs either all the way together or to hip distance. Try both. Bring them together first if that feels awful. Then separate them to what feels like hip distance. And flex your ankles so your toes face straight up once you've decided which one you prefer. Now straighten your knees out. Straighten them out so much that that's only the part of the leg that's working, the front of the thigh above the kneecap. And if your heels lift up off the ground, we'll just say you have hypermobility in the back of the legs, in the knee joint. So it's now to keep the thighs engaged, the quads working, the knees straight but simultaneously push the heels down into the ground. And push them down into the ground so much that you feel the calf and hamstrings start to work. As if you were going to bend the knees up away from the floor, but in actuality, keep them in a straight position. Let the front and the back of the leg fight. Now that shouldn't have changed the lower back shape or the neck shape, it's just the legs are working some now, a little more stability. The legs will stay where they are, be it together or hip distance, but squeeze them together in effort. There's a difference between effort and position. And then at the same time as you're squeezing them together, press them apart, just in effort. So it's squeeze in, press out, straighten the knees, vein like you're going to bend them. And you can't do all four of those at the exact same time, so it's a little fight between all of them just to keep the legs working so that the spine stays held in place a little bit of wisdom. And then hug your knees into your chest and rock yourself all the way up to standing. I don't care how many rocks you decide to take, although like within reason. <laughs> don't take like 97. And when you stand up, get one of your blocks. 
and put it between your inner thighs, either the tall way or the skinny way, it doesn't matter to me, but just above the knee some. You don't have to wedge it all the way up there, but. And just take your arms down to your sides. Begin with the feet, just in the sense of pointing your toes forward, point the kneecaps forward. Turn your palms forward as if you were still lying on the ground. And just watch as the mind says, we're going to make this tadasana, the way I always do. But you have to start first with getting your spine in position. So go into the spine, the back of the pelvis, back of the rib cage, the head. Where was that on the floor? Stack those points in the same plane. Stop trying to tuck your butt under you. Get your lower back to your personal neutral. And now the idea is to hold it in place. So straighten your knees, firm the quads, lift them up. At the same time, press the back of the leg forward, calf, hamstring. It's just a little fight, the weight shifts forward and back in the feet. Now it's squeeze into the block, pull it in and up. And at the same time, press the legs away from that until the inside outside edge of the feet evens out. Now the spine shouldn't have changed. Hold the gaze steady. Find the breath. We could call it mountain pose, we could call it tadasana, we could call it semi-anatomical position, the second most advanced pose in my mind. Or you could just call it standing there and working really hard. Now the rest of classes changes away from this. This is zero, the rest will change. Some will stay at zero, some won't. So bend your knees, lie yourself down on your back. You can get rid of the block when you're on your way down and lie down with your legs outstretched in front of you. So lie in your personal Tadasana again. You'll need the ability to at least move your arms some. Okay. So start with taking your arms out like a T. Take them out like a T and turn your palms up, the eye, the elbow up. Either legs together or legs hip distance, whichever one you decided was working for you. And then flex your ankles, press the heels down, press the thighs down, or straighten the knees, feign like you're going to bend them. Squeeze in, press out. Okay, so now we start to change things. So first, just lift your right heel off the ground, maybe a good four or five inches. And then bring it back down towards the ground until it barely grazes the ground and then lift it up again. Now we'll call this folding the hip. Maybe lift it a little higher this time. There will be a certain point where to lift the leg any higher as you go up and down will mean either the left knee bends, or the lower back changes, and arches. Just stop short of when that happens. And maybe one day if you were Gumby for some reason, which I don't recommend being Gumby, you'd be able to get this hip to 90 degrees. Let's say today you stop at 45. Stop at 45 just so that you can see or get into your eyes, your kneecap, where it faces in space. Next time you take the leg up away from the ground, hold the leg. Hold it up, look up, and see the kneecap. So we'll call that folding the hip. Now we need to change it again, turning it. 
So rotate from the hip joint out to the right. Turn the knee and the toes to the right. Be more interested in how far the knee will rotate out without anything else changing. And then rotate back to zero. Knee and toes face back, then out again. So turn in, turn out, and figure out how much of this rotation does your personal hip have? Because it's not going to be 90. No way that knee's going to face dead sideways. Good. And then bring that leg down to the ground, point your toes up, stabilize the right leg, and start with the left. First it'll be flex the hip. A couple inches the first time the leg lifts, and then up and down and up and down. So where do the muscles exist to do this for you? How do you hold the rest of the body still and stable as you move this left leg at the hip joint? I say often, not fancy work, nothing you can take a picture of on Instagram for, but I'm hoping that that whole trend stops one day anyway. It's incredibly interesting work from the inside if you pay attention, allowing yourself to stay present on the simplicity of moving your leg. The next time you get the leg up, hold it up. And then just be able to see where the knee faces and rotate in, rotate out. And you'll notice one of your legs is different than the other. And notice how many degrees it'll turn out. So if zero is facing straight back, how many rotational degrees do you personally have? Because it's not 90. Nobody has 90. You may have 10, you may have 30, you may have 45. Good. And when you can't do that anymore and you're done with that, bring the leg back down to the ground. Bend your knees, put both of your feet on the ground. Take the right leg, reach it up to the ceiling, same idea. Flex your ankle. Rotate the thigh bone out. When you can't rotate the thigh bone out anymore, especially if you've already lifted the left side of your pelvis up just to get the leg turned, then bend the knee some, and then re-straighten it. So the foot will start to angle across your left thigh. You'll hold the rotation in the hip and then bend and straighten the knee. Eventually, maybe without your hands, you'll be able to get the right ankle to cross in front of the left thigh, and when it does, stop. Let it rest there, but flex your ankle. Now put your hands on the sides of your waist. Put them between the pelvis and the rib cage. You may notice one side is shorter than the other already because the mind is like, I gotta get that freaking knee to face the side, no matter what. But that would be happening from the knee. So remember the degrees you had in terms of rotation. The thigh should still be facing that direction. Sides of the waist should be even. And if they're not, let the right hip hike up a little closer to your shoulder. Good. Now keep the sides of the waist even. Just pick your left leg up off the ground, hug the back of the thigh with your hands. So even as you do this quote unquote stretch, there's still work in this right leg. Flex the ankle, pull your right toes back towards the knee. Let your head rest on the ground. And if it doesn't, then don't grab the left leg. It's plenty without lifting that foot up off the floor. Now, if there was sensation, it shouldn't be in the knee. 
not in the groin, not in the inner thigh, not in the lower back. It would be in the outer right hip. If it's any of the other places, you stop. Stay with the breath. And then just become aware that the pelvis is level away from the ground from left to right. Sides of the waist are even. Good. And then unravel that, put both feet back on the floor and start with the left. So build this one joint at a time. First it's straighten the left knee, reach the leg up, that's flex the hip. Then it's rotate the hip. Then it's hold the hips rotation and add bending the knee. So the ankle should be grazing right in front of the right thigh in some capacity. If it's not, then bring the leg in closer. So turn, bend, turn, bend until the ankle crosses. And then as soon as you get there, I see almost every one of you presses the ankle into the knee and jams the knee forward. Well, that's happening from the spine, not from the hip. Keep the spine even from left to right. And then once that's happened, then you can pull the right thigh in. So there's no prize for getting the knee out to the side. It's not even anatomically possible. Not in this shape, at least. The prize would be to know what you're doing. Sometimes that means the uncomfortable work is undoing the old pattern. Just make sure that the left ankle is still working. And then unravel this. And straighten your legs all the way out onto the floor. Find a reclined version of Tadasana, mountain pose. You take your arms out just like a T. Feet together, feet hip distance, whichever one you've personally decided upon. Now adding all those components together and a little bit further. Pick your right leg up away from the ground a few inches. Just a few. And then flex the hip a little bit more and a little bit more until maybe you're at 45. Some of you might be able to get a little past that without the lower back flattening. Now rotate the hip, bend the knee eventually, and cross your right ankle over top of your left thigh. And then pause before you start to press it down towards the ground. Keep the sides of the hips even on the floor, the sides of the shoulders even on the floor, the waist even. Now go into the right hip, squeeze the outer right hip, think about rotating the right thigh bone in the socket. Now some of you, the knee might reach down and forward towards the front edge of the mat, but it certainly wouldn't hit the floor, not without tipping the pelvis laterally. Keep the ankle flexed like you're standing on your right foot. If it hurts, don't do it. If it's in the groin, in the knee, don't do it. Just notice to keep the pelvis level on the floor, square to facing the ceiling, the knee doesn't come anywhere near the ground. It would be the same as it was in the thread the needle shape. Good. All right, and then unravel that leg, bring it out onto the ground and try the other side. So first stabilize, then left leg lifts. When it can't lift anymore, it rotates. 
bend knee bends and cross. So we'll call it a modified-ish version of tree pose, sort of. And you have to be really mindful as you start to drop the knee down towards the ground. Am I keeping my pelvis level? Is the mind saying I gotta get that knee to the ground and ignoring all the sensation in the knee, the hip, the lower back? Because keep the leg lifted, the knee lifted as far away from the floor as you need to to stay away from that. And then unravel that, hug your knees into your chest and rock yourself all the way up, stand up. So stand in Tadasana at the front of your mat. And first just take your hands to your hips, it'll make it a little bit easier. So holding the pelvis, the hips are actually quite a bit lower than where you have your hands. So start with stability. Straighten the knees, bend them in effort, squeeze in, press out. And you do that all after you've figured out where neutral is in the spine. And once it's neutral, stretch your right leg forward, lift it up off the ground a few inches. And once it comes forward, knees straight, flex the ankle. Before you go terribly high, figure out how to stabilize this left leg so you're not sitting in the outer hip, it'll mean pressing the thigh bone in towards the midline, then maybe you go a little higher with the leg. Oh, but it's so much harder when you're standing. And eventually, it's going to be to rotate the leg. Then to eventually bend the knee, cross the thigh over the front of the left, or cross the ankle over the front of the left thigh, then flex it, flex the ankle. Now you gotta keep this pelvis square and facing forward, your spine, your neutral. If you need your eyeballs, look down. Then it would be to drop the knee forward and down. And when it won't go anymore, you stop and reach your arms out to the side. And then hold. Such a simple shape, in theory. But quite complex at the end of the day. But once you learn where things are, it's not as bad anymore. Reach your arms apart. Keep the elbows straight by firming the back of the arm, the tricep, at the same time as the elbow stays straight, feign like you're going to bend it so there's some work in the bicep. Again, not fancy, but not easy. Come out, you have to build it step by step again. eventually come out. Pause in Tadasana with your hands on your hips, just above the hip on the pelvis, and then you'll build left leg, little at a time. So it's about learning your body. You live in it. You inhabit it every day. You have your whole life. Learn how it works. Learn its sensations and learn how that impacts the mind. There's no perfect tree. There's also no prize for doing tree. Stay with the breath and watch how the joints work. Jordan, lift your left hip, yep. 
when you feel like you've held this left side for as long as you held the right, then stop. Okay. And just stand in Tadasana for a moment. And inhale, reach your arms up overhead just because. Reach up high. Exhale, bring your hands through prayer. Bend your knees on the way down and fold all the way over. And once you're folded all the way over, if your feet are together, separate them to hip distance. Bend your knees as much as you need to. If you want the blocks under your hands that are next to you, put them under your hands. If you want the hands on the floor, that's fine. If you prefer to grab your elbows, grab your elbows and just be for a moment. So now taking the fold in the hip a little bit further than you did when you were lying down. So the spine flexes and rounds around that. If it won't flex, then that's all the reason to be up on the blocks. If it will, it will. And then bend your knees and sit yourself all the way down. Lie down on your back. Stretch your legs out in front of you. Make sure there's nothing right next to your feet that you're going to kick. And if so, kick it out of the way now. <laughs> Unless it's water, in which case, move it. Okay, lie down in Tadasana, arms out like a T. So anchor the arms this time. Anchor the legs. Your personal neutral spine. Now, fortunately, uh, it's slidey on wood usually, and if the feet aren't on the wood, then you'll have to kind of work with that. But start to move the legs away from one another. Toes still facing up to the ceiling, knees facing up to the ceiling, but press the legs away from one another until it's like, yeah, they don't really want to go any further than that. Take them as wide as they'll go with wisdom. Now once you have that, you're going to have to anchor the upper body a lot. So flex your ankles, straighten the knees in effort, bend them in effort, squeeze in, press out. Press the arms down. Now go deep into the belly. Pull the sides of the waist up and in. And then go into the lower abdomen, into the crease of the hip, the thighs, contract and lift the feet up off the ground a few inches. Now it's not easy work. And then lift them up a little bit more and a little bit more until maybe the hip gets to 90 degrees. Now, if that hurts, then adjust. Maybe bend the knees as the feet leave the ground. Once the legs are at a 90 degree angle in the hip, pause, hold. Imagine the ceiling was the floor. And then perhaps the legs will come in a little bit closer. Just notice they're towards you, not towards each other. Maybe the hip will flex a bit further for you. And then at that point, there's no way you can go really any further without having to change something else, which would be the spine. Good. And then lower the legs down towards the ground. Now, as you move them down towards the ground, you may have to bend the knees some. And then slide the legs together and hug your knees into your chest. And rock yourself up to standing. And then step yourself to face the 
I don't know, the empty space side of the room. So step to the right, stand in the middle of the mat in Tadasana. So feet together to start with. Put your hands on your hips. Either feet together, feet hip distance, and your personal neutral spine. And then you start to move one joint at a time. So first is to take the legs apart, but first stabilize here. Work thighs, hamstring, calf, squeeze in, press out, all holding the spine in your neutral. Right, step the legs wide, as wide as you take them. Same as when you were lying down for the most part. Then look down at the feet, get the toes to face dead ahead, your knees to face the same direction as your toes. Same idea, straighten the knees, then press the back of the leg forward, calf hamstring. The tendency is to stick the butt out further, to tuck it under, to lift the chest, to do something. Just get your spine to neutral for you. Back of the head, upper back, back of the pelvis here. Now you have to move the pelvis around the legs instead of the legs around the pelvis like when you were lying down. So fold the hip forward, maybe 45 degrees or so. Spine should still be neutral. And then bring yourself back up to standing. Now go in and out, figure out how to fold to 45 degrees without changing the neck so that you're craning it or ducking it. So that the pelvis is moving, the lower back isn't arching further, it may flatten out a tiny bit. And maybe you'll even get to 90 degrees in the hip. But if there's pain in the inner thigh, the sit bone area, the back of the pelvis, lower back, then stop or bend your knees on the way in and out. And then when you get the hip to 90, you may have a little bit further and eventually you'll have to put your hands down on the ground and the spine would start to round so the belly would contract. Now where you put your hands doesn't matter. You can grab your elbows, you can put your hands in what would look like an upside down chaturanga. It's not traditional. It's know how to move the hip. Now the legs are wide, the hip is flexed. The rest of the spine is rounded, and if it won't, you put blocks under your hands or come up higher. It doesn't mean anything except for what's wise for you. Now create stability in the legs. Squeeze the glutes. Do not let them relax all the way. Inner thighs work. Try to work the front of the body against stability in the back body. Put your hands down if they're not. Unravel your spine so that you're halfway up and neutral in the spine eventually. Bring your hands to your hips on the way. And then if you need to bend the knees on the way up, do, but it's just a change from the hip from a fold to zero and step yourself up to the top of your mat when you're done. Okay. All right, stand in Tadasana, whatever that one is for you. Not a traditional pose, this next one. Meant to find an effort. So shift the weight into your right foot, just enough that the left foot lightens. And then take the left leg out to the left. Just take it straight out to the left. Foot up off of the floor, flex the ankle. Now rather than turning the leg, turn the knee and toes to face dead ahead to the front of the room, to the front edge of your mat. Good. 
Now try to keep the sides of the waist even. Just feel the musculature in the outer left hip that's lifting this leg out to the side. What muscles work to do that while simultaneously keeping the knee and toes facing ahead? There's no prize for getting the leg up high. It's just, did you find the outer hip muscles? And when the answer is yes, stop. Bring the leg back down. And do the other leg. So how do you find these abductors, the outer hip muscles that move the legs away from one another? While simultaneously keeping the sides of the waist even, the hip from rotating. Good. When it's like, check, got that. Then bring the leg down and turn to face the left side of your mat. Step to the center of it, feet together. Okay. Stand in Tadasana. Get the spine neutral for you. Step the legs wide apart to your personal wide, and it might end up being a little bit wider, but we'll come in and out and see. So first it's just to take them wide. Now here are those outer hip muscles, both working at the same time. Harder to find when your feet are anchored. Now watch, look down at the pelvis. The pelvis is gonna stay square and facing sideways. The right leg's going to change. So come up onto the right heel, just flex the ankle. And if you can't do that with your knee straight, bend the knee a little, just so you can get the ball of the foot up off the floor. Now don't let the pelvis turn towards the front edge of your mat at all. Just rotate the right thigh bone until you can't rotate it anymore. And when you can't rotate it anymore, put the foot down no matter where it lies and don't face it to the front edge of your mat because it won't be able to. But now look at where the knee is facing. Wherever your right knee is facing, Eventually, it's going to have to face forward, but to do that, however many degrees it's missing from facing the front edge, you're going to have to pick up the back leg, turn it in those missing degrees, turn the pelvis in those missing degrees, and then turn the right leg all the way back out to your maximum rotation again. And then once you have that, just stop. So the back foot will be angled in, the pelvis will be angled in. And you have to do that, otherwise there's no way you can get this front leg rotated so the knee faces ahead. Nice. Now bend the right knee a little bit, just so you can see where it's aiming. And if it keeps buckling in, it means you haven't picked up the back leg and turned it in enough, you haven't turned the pelvis in enough because you've got some muscle memory telling you it has to be a different way. And then re-straighten it. So bend and straighten, adjusting the back leg as necessary. And when it's like, yeah, that works. Jordan, turn your, turn your back leg in a little more. There you go, turn your pelvis in too. Yeah, now keep your back knee straight and do that. There we go. Okay, then straighten the front knee all the way out and just hold. Now anchor the back leg, it's just a Tadasana leg. Spine should still be Tadasana spine. Okay. Don't worry about where the chest is turning, just keep it the direction the pelvis is facing right now. Now anchor the back leg. Think of the inner thigh pulling back. Firm the outer right hip muscles that keep the leg turned. And then bend the knee some. Now as you bend the knee some, feeling like you were going to keep it straight, so there's some fight in the front and back of the leg. Then maybe you bend it a bit more. 
Now that whole thing about bending it to 90 degrees and all of that, like it's unnecessary. Is the front leg working? Does it feel stable? And if it does, fine. And then look at the angle the chest is facing. Spine should be neutral, and if it's not, make it so. Lift the head up if that's the case. And rather than thinking about reaching your arms so they're parallel to the side of your mat, look at the angle of the chest and reach your arms straight out of that. Good. And then hold. The gaze be steady. Go back to quad on the back leg, straightening the knee, pressing the back of the thigh forward so that the back of the knee is stable, and then bending the front knee around that. Now remember that outer left hip set of muscles that lifted the leg away from the floor? That's how you keep your pelvis level from left to right in space, so find that. If it hurts your knees, your lower back, your SI joints, stop doing it. The more you bend the front knee, the less stable it becomes. So where does it feel stable? And then straighten the front knee, turn the legs back to square off, bring your hands to your hips. So there's a lot of muscle memory that tells you you've got to keep the pelvis square and the back toes facing the side of the mat. It's not possible. So point the toes straight ahead, the knees straight ahead. Spine neutral, and then you start with the rotation of the left leg. Flex the ankle, turn it, turn the thigh bone. Now you'll watch, your pelvis will want to turn too. Keep the pelvis square. Yes, then put the foot down. And where the knee is facing, that's how many degrees of hip rotation you've got. You'll have to turn the back foot and the pelvis in to make up for the missing degrees that will allow your front knee, front toes to face dead backwards. So do that. Now the pelvis doesn't square off. It faces the same direction as the back leg. Then bend and straighten the front knee a little bit. Without a lot of stability, just to see, is that knee tracking or am I having to have a fight with myself? If you're having a fight, turn the back knee and the toes in some. And then eventually straighten the front knee out when you've got the placement all figured out. And now you have to add the musculature. So anchor the back leg, just like a Tadasana leg. Neutralize the spine. Then, as this front knee, this left one, bends away from the back leg, it's like a fight. It's bending, but it doesn't want to bend. The leg's stable, holding you up. And once that's done, then take the angle of the chest into account and just take your arms straight out to the sides of the chest rather than paralleling it with the sides of the mat. So that's just an addition. It's a torque in the thoracic spine. The purpose of the pose is to stabilize the legs, to get them to work in this position, slightly wide, front legs somewhat turned out, pelvis square to the floor, that's it. Meaning sit bones level away from the floor, so you'll have to find the outer right hip muscles. And then back to the beginning of class, it holds the gaze steady, find the breath. Watch the sensation rise and fall. If it is pain, you get out of it. If it's discomfort, you endure.
Good. And then straighten the front knee out. Parallel your feet. Step on up to the front. Tadasana for you. And then move the arms. Inhale, reach up. Exhale, fold over. Bending the knees on the way down. Inhale, neutralize the spine. Come halfway up in the truest sense of the word. Halfway would mean most likely hands on shins in some capacity unless you have very long arms. And then exhale, bend your knees. Sit yourself all the way down. Lie down on your back. Hug your knees into your chest for a moment. And you can rock side to side, forward to back for a moment if you'd like. And then take your legs down onto the mat and find Tadasana lying down. <clears throat> and take your arms out like a T again, palms up. So anchor the legs, flex your ankles, straighten the knees, press the heels down. Create internal stability and work here. Neutral in your spine for you. Now from the shoulder, don't worry about the hands as much, even though they will turn. Rotate from the shoulder so that the biceps turn backwards, the palms will turn backwards perhaps, triceps will turn towards the front of your mat. Feel the rotation that happens there. Okay. And then undo that and just palms up, eye the elbow up. Good. Reach the arms, straighten the elbows, rotate from the shoulder, turn the eye of the elbow back, the palms back, in effort at least, externally rotate. And then back to zero. And then turn again, try to turn the triceps up towards the ceiling. Now this time, start to take the arms wide and up overhead some. And as they get a little closer to the sides of your head, reach. Reach. And if you're stuck to the sticky mat, wiggle your rib cage back. Let the arms rotate, let them reach back. The shoulder blades wrap around your rib cage, and the palms will start to turn to face one another. There we go. Just feel what the shoulder is doing in space. Now lift the arms up away from the floor if they're touching the floor, just so that they're in front of your cheeks, or right next to your cheeks, in front of your ears more specifically. Keep them shoulder distance apart at the elbow. That's it. And then hug your knees into your chest. And rock yourself up to standing and step wide, face the right side of your mat again. So take the legs wide and set them up, same idea. So we did warrior two before, your personal version of it, which is important because you're all different. Gotta work with what you've got. First it's legs wide, then it's add your degree of rotation. Once you have that set up, pivot the back foot in, the pelvis in, do the right leg first. Right leg will turn out first. Got left legs going all over the place. Okay, piece by piece. Set that up. Okay. And then bend the front knee eventually. Once you've got the back foot angled in, the pelvis angled in, front knee, front toes facing straight back. 
Brian, turn your back leg in more. A little bit more. There you go. Good. Okay, and then take the arms out at whatever angle the chest is facing. Susan, turn your back leg in a bit more and the pelvis in towards the back edge of your mat. There you go. Now let the front knee track the front toes. That's it. Now the arms, turn the palms up to the ceiling, rotate like you did on your back. Then it's to rotate and reach and take your arms up overhead. And once they're up overhead, make sure they're in front of the ears and reach, keep your elbows straight. Now you're going to have to go into this right hip crease. How do you fold that? You've done it before. The outer left hip is going to go from the leg kicked out to the side to zero. So crease the right hip, fold sideways some, tilt, yes. Tilt until it feels like from your head through your back heel, you're in one even line. Now, how do you tilt that back up to where you're doing warrior two with your arms up? Yep. And in and out and in and out a few times until it's like, yep, that's it. If I go any further, that right side of my waist is going to get shorter. And at that point, it would be to put your right elbow on your right thigh lightly and hold and reach through the left arm as you anchor your left foot. So that's straight the knee, pull the inner thigh back. Use the left arm to pull the side of the rib cage long. Now, if you wanted to make it harder for some reason, it would be just lighten the elbow. Don't lean on the right arm so much. Down to the floor gets easier, not harder. Good. Just be. If it's painful, don't do it. Get out of it, adjust it for yourself. If not, it's to be there, watch the breath, and know that eventually it'll be over. Straighten your left elbow if it's bent. Reach through the arm. There you go. All right, and then come on back up and switch sides. We're starting to link the ideas together. First pose, some version of a modified tree pose. The second, a warrior two. The third, a side angle with very similar components, but then nuanced differences. And then each one of you being an individual, having to adjust for what range of motion your joints have. There's the way you always do it, and then there's the way you're doing it now. And eventually, every day is a little different, and you work with that. Yes. So how do you get the pelvis to tip when you're tipping laterally rather than the spine? How do you get that tailbone or the side of the pelvis, the back of the pelvis, to feel like it's angling towards the back leg? It's a lot like what you did in that first tree pose thingy. And use the arms once you're in it. Top elbow, straighten it, turn, so it feels like the triceps turning towards the side of the mat you're facing, and then reach. Don't overturn, but turn enough, and then reach. Brian, rotate your arm a bit more. So turn the bicep back towards me. Yep, now straighten your elbow, and reach that arm. So, yes. If you wanted to make it harder, you'd stabilize the legs, the inner thighs. They should be stable already, but stabilize them more 
so that maybe you can lift the left elbow off the leg some, just making it a bit more work. If that's too much, then don't do it. And then come on back up and step up to the top of the mat. Stand in Tadasana, whatever version of it is yours. You have all of the components for the most part of this. Reach your arms out to the side and up overhead. As they reach up, turn, wrap, reach. Exhale, bring your hands through prayer, fold forward. Just keep breathing as you go. Uttanasana with bent knees, especially for most of you. And then inhale to halfway up. Exhale, step yourself back to the top of a push-up. Once you're there, turn the biceps to face forward and bring your elbows to shoulder distance, even if that means your hands have to be a little bit wider. And if your hands are now a little bit wider than your shoulders, turn them out a couple of degrees just so the wrist has an even fold in it. Spread your fingers out. Now this is just a tadasana with your arms stuck out, but it's infinitely harder some of you are sinking, some of you are over-rounding. If you're sinking, that means lift the pelvis up. But the back of the head, upper back, back of the pelvis should feel like they did when you were lying down. Where is that for you? There we go. Now push into the floor. It's turn, wrap, reach into the floor with the arms as the hips fold back. And if on the way, you can't get the hip to fold to 90 degrees without the spine rounding, just put a bend in your knees as you go. So push the floor away from you. Straighten your elbows, even if that means your triceps are on fire. Embed your knees, look forward, step and or hop, but land with your feet where they do for your Tadasana and straight away into halfway up and then fold yourself over. Now you can breathe on count or you can breathe as you breathe. And then come on back up to standing and as you go, reach out and up and stretch. And then arms down, back to Tadasana for you. Okay. Now the breath would be inhale, reach up. And the exhale would be to fold over. Uttanasana, whatever that means for your body. I would bend my knees if I were you. Then inhale, halfway up. Unravel the spine to neutral. Exhale, hands on the mat, step back to plank. Take into account whether the hands need to be turned out a bit. Kelly, turn your hands out a bit more. Okay. Hold. Neutral spine. Watch how easy it is to round the upper back too much or to sink the pelvis down, arching the lower back too much. Hold. Now, if it hurts the wrists, that would be a reason to get out. Hurts the neck, the lower back, get out. And on your next inhale, push the floor away from you and fold back. It's usually an exhale, but inhale goes a little bit better with arms overhead. Arms right in front of the ears, right next to the cheeks. And if they're not there, adjust so they are. Otherwise, the shoulder's vastly unstable. 
bend the knees, look forward, step or hop, position your feet well, and it's right away to an inhale if you're staying breath count wise. Exhale to fold you back over. Inhale brings you up to standing, reach up. And then exhale back to mountain pose. There's just a couple more modified sun salutation or today's sun salutation, if you will, on your own. Go for it. The breath is easy to pay attention to. It's can you pay attention to how the joints move here? Can you not tune out? Can you be with what you're doing? Working away from autopilot. Kelly, don't round. Yes. Okay, and back to down dog. Make sure you hold that one for at least a few breaths. Brian, turn your hands out a few more degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And eventually you'll make your way through the end of it, back up to Tadasana, step by step. And the next time you make your way all the way through this, hold in down dog. Now from this down dog, gets more intricate. So step just your right foot up towards your hands. And once it gets up there, you have to angle the back foot out the same amount of degrees you angled it out for your personal version of Warrior Two. The front knee will stay tracking the toes. The pelvis will turn to face the direction of the back leg. And then it'll be to slowly bring your torso up and around to face the direction of the pelvis so that you're standing in your version of warrior two. Now you can do it with the arms out, you can do it with the arms up overhead. But when you start to put things into a transition like that, it gets harder. And eventually you'll go from here to side angle, taking the back arm up, reaching, tilting the pelvis, elbow to knee or hovering. Try to go step by step, even if that means you're taking a million extra breaths. Watch the spine, neutral for you. Now it'll be to bring this back up to Warrior Two, the version that works for your body. Watch the back leg, I see a lot of bent knees. And then your hands can come to the mat and hold a plank and eventually make your way to Down Dog. 
And when you're ready, it'll be to set up the left leg, stepping up, adjusting the back leg, adjusting the pelvis, and one piece at a time. You know the joints that work. They're just working in a reverse order right now. Now it's easy to go quickly. It's hard to go slowly. When you're ready, one piece at a time will take you to side angle. So watch as the mind tilts the spine rather than tilting the pelvis to get there. As the back leg gets forgotten about, as the front knee buckles in and does all kinds of weird stuff. There you go. It gets done in class all the time, but it's really pretty risky for the knee, the hip, the lower back over time, so you have to do it with precision. It's also about being here now, not flowing through. No drive-by yogasana. Make your way up, back to warrior two, slow, slow. And then hands down, plank, and eventually down dog for you. Watch the hands, down dog's just arms overhead, 90 degree fold in the hip. Eventually, you finish out this version of the sun salute. Step, hop, Bardha Uttanasana, halfway up. And then fold down and make your way eventually all the way up to Tadasana, piece by piece. You're familiar with the order. Once back in Tadasana, same thing, a couple of times on your own. You add those components, paying attention to one joint at a time as you move. may even play with on your way up to this, stepping forward, setting it up as best you can, and then straightening the front knee out, paralleling the feet off once you get up and resetting it up and seeing what's it like to do it from there versus just stepping into it. Or maybe you don't. It's up to you. The poses aren't magic. They're just shapes. One or many joints have changed away from zero. They serve a physical purpose in terms of strength that maybe gets some ease on the opposing side of a joint, but that's about it. And they're a place to watch, to be here now, to feel, to see. No pixies and fairies. Just hard work in the moment.
Don't forget the left leg. Next time you get back to down dog, you have a choice. You can do one more. You can walk your hands back and hang in a forward fold, or you can drop down and do child's pose. Your call. You can do one more. It'll be all the way back through all the standing postures and ending in down dog again eventually. Whether you're doing, by moving, doing the shapes in order, or holding child's pose, it's to be with the breath and be with the experience of now, different than the moment before. So tip the pelvis a bit more, Brian. Stick your tush out towards your right heel. There you go. Now shorten the right side of your waist. That's better, yeah, better. There you go. Eventually when you're done with this and back in down dog, those of you that are still moving, you can drop down, swing your legs around in front of you and end up lying down on your back Knees bent, feet on the floor, and blocks near you. If you want to cover yourself up, the torso at least, go for it. 
So once you're down, knees bend, feet hip distance apart. So far, taking the hip into wide, rotate. Kick to the side, not kick to the side, but not behind you at all. Just take one of the blocks, the lowest height that you have it, and put it underneath the back of your pelvis so it's right underneath your butt. No fancy words for that. They span it left to right so it feels supportive of the pelvis. You can put your arms wherever you like, wide, narrow, whatever you prefer. Idea will begin to be the same, but now the leg will start to travel behind you perhaps. If this already hurts, then get off the block. Otherwise, straighten your right knee, reach the leg up towards the ceiling somewhat. The legs don't have to come, the right one doesn't have to come terribly close to you. You can flex the ankle or let the leg be a little bit looser at this point, just keeping the knee straight. and Bring the leg in effort down towards the floor. If at a certain point going any lower will hurt the lower back or it feels like it's going to pitch it, then stop or once the heel hits the ground, that's as far as you can go and bring the leg back up. So now just swinging the leg like a controlled pendulum, but not one that's so controlled that it's like the minutia of swinging the leg is important. Just up and down with steadiness, freeing the leg up in a way where it'll travel behind you a bit. We call this great thing for walking. Now as you take the leg up and down, if it feels like it would be productive to turn it and rotate it in and out a little bit, feel free. It might feel nice to rotate it in on the way down, out on the way up, or vice versa. Or perhaps to make little circles on the way up or down. If it hurts your groin, don't do it. Maybe at a certain point it would be nice to take the leg out onto the ground and reach through it, but that's not right for everyone. And eventually when you're done with the right leg, you can switch to the left, up and down and in and out. exploring as you go what feels like it will free the hip up in that one last remaining position which might not happen for you today and that's okay
and then you have another alternative. Once you're done with the left leg in some capacity, if you want to lift the hips up, put a second block on top of this first one, repeat the same process, or take both legs out onto the ground with the one block, or just hang out with the knees bent, feet on the floor on one block or two. Either and any of those are fine. If you take the legs out, feel free to take them a little wider than your hips or to rotate them a little bit. It's what feels like it's productive and wise. What doesn't hurt? If your arms are out to the side at all, try turning the palms up, just the eye of the elbow up so it's a little bit more consistent with the shape that the spine and the hip are in. Whenever it feels like you're done with the blocks and the leg moving into hip extension or legs behind you, that back bend effort, then get rid of the blocks. Lie for a moment with your knees bent, feet on the floor at least. And then eventually you can take the legs out onto the ground, stretch them forward, eventually reach the arms back. And grab one wrist with the opposing hand and tip a little bit laterally. And again, if you're ready just to lie in some shape that's similar enough-ish to Shavasana, then you can do that. Otherwise, it's just stretching and reaching back and tipping. And then maybe eventually hugging your knees in and taking some version of happy baby. Maybe in happy baby you even lift your head up, lift your chest up, or when you hug your knees in maybe you do that and let the spine round and flex. Whenever you're done with whatever feels like it needed to be handled before you move yourself into the final resting shape of your choice, pick that wisely, be it lying down in the classic Shavasana shape or knees bent, feet on the floor, 
or seated or flipped over on your belly or whatever you like. Position that you can be still in. Once you've weighed your way there, it's just the same as it was at the beginning, but now the body, having done a lot of shifting and moving and changing, a different experience altogether. If you find there is pain, that is something to look at the next time you do shapes like that. It should not be pain. Otherwise, it's just to be here, be still, watch the breath again. When the mind becomes distracted, you return it to the breath, not as a means to avoid what the feeling of being here and now is, but as a means to witness it from a steady place. Be still. Watch the breath. Shavasana.
start with perhaps a little bit of breath, a little longer cycle. Maybe it's movement instead, but whatever allows the body and the mind to expand out. To expand out and participate in the broader landscape of sensation here. To let that process continue until eventually you sit yourself back up in whatever seated shape you prefer. Just let the eyes rest down, closed, whatever you prefer. Just sitting tall, sitting quietly. Just as a means to pay homage to a tradition much older than any of us. Reminded constantly that underneath all of the difference from the external, the difference of opinion and preference, we are all here observing and watching. Just here for the journey. Join your hands together as a way to acknowledge that. As you inhale, lift your chest up. As an exhale, bow your head down. And head up, eyes open. Namaste.